This microphone is right on my bladder. Are you going to pee the, your pants all over the floor? I might pee my pants. All over the carpet. All over, all over the carpet. Yeah. Hello. Hello. This is my childhood bedroom. <laughs> yes. Welcome to a very special episode of Anything Spooky Goes. Uh, yes. As Justin said, we are currently sitting in his childhood bedroom. Uh, we are surrounded by many, many uh, Cub Scout softball trophies. Well deserved. Absolutely. Dad. A lot of Star Wars figurines, uh, Harry Potter books, you know, the usual. Pretty cool, though. It is pretty cool. And we're sitting on the floor as two professional spooky podcasters do. The floor is the spookiest <laughs> of, uh, um, um, of the surfaces. Yes. Yes. Surface. That's the word I was looking for. Good job, sweetie. Yeah. You tried your best. The floor is the spookiest surface. Well, yes. So 100%. Yeah. Great. Well, uh, yeah, that's Justin. And, and this I'm is Hannah. Hannah. <laughs> oh. Hi. Yeah. We're back again. We are back again. Episode we're, 17. Wow. We're back at it. And, uh, and we're recording this, uh, three hours before it goes live yeah because we like to procrastinate sure do and have busy lives during yes. this quarantine and justin's puppy 11 year old puppy had to get a tooth pulled so here we are hi lisa you're sleeping right now that's weird um Great. so we're doing this and it's gonna be exciting and i'm gonna try my best not to pee myself uh if you have to don't tell me don't stop <laughs> Because I won't cut the recording. Good. So okay, that's fine. Yeah. I mean, if we just if we just roll through it, it'll just be complete euphoria. It'll be okay. And nobody would even know. Not that's a single cool person. Part. No. But I would just sit here in my shame. No shame. Aw. Only pride. <laughs> Great. All right. What do you you got? Something good for us going today? I got something good. I got something weird. All right. And disturbing, which oh. is exactly what you should listen to. I love weird and disturbing. Yeah. How about you? Uh, no, it's pretty bad. Nice. Great. Yeah. I really didn't put any effort into it at all. Nice. I mean, same. Yeah. That's that's the lovely thing about copy and paste. You just, oh, well, I didn't um, even look. I'm pretty sure I just went to like myspace.com and just copied and pasted someone's profile. Yeah. Yeah. Backslash, backslash, um, tinytim.com exactly yeah. yes i think it might be some like supernatural fan fiction in here too there's some weird stuff going on i can see that yeah well, so it'll be a good one either way i'm looking forward to it so Aww, same all right all right let's just jump in let's just jump right in i think we should just start a new podcast where you and i just set up our recording materials in really uh inopportune places like really just obscure yes and in incredibly inappropriate places exactly like in the middle of a road yes with a big table and chairs as long as they have an outlet i mean we can bring our own power banks right yeah that would be fine we would need at least a generator yes fine um that runs on gasoline. Absolutely. But like we could make that work. Yeah. And as soon as the world opens up again, which fingers crossed, it does, you know, soon, maybe, mm -hmm. probably yeah. just be probably safe, not. be safe. But I'm just imagining us like going to an olive garden mm -hmm. and us just sitting down and like 
you crack an app. You're like, oh, excuse me, waiter, can we have two tables actually? And then yeah. like the second table just has the laptop. Can we put them together actually? Um, yeah, thanks. And then can we have double the breadsticks because we have two tables? So. Also, like when you bring the parmesan, I won't say when. <laughs> I won't say when. <laughs> It will continue flowing. Yes. Until the laptop is completely covered by cheese. Exactly. And only then will I be satisfied. Absolutely. And then you and I will just be talking about like murders and ghosts while people are just trying to eat their damn breadsticks. And then people will be like, I'm sorry, can you just, can you say a little louder? We can't hear it in the back. And then we'll like crank up the mic and yeah, and just have a party. We'll just rip the gain open <laughs> and like bring in some amps and stuff. That could be cool. Yeah. It'd be like a live show Aww. at the local Olive Garden. Exactly. Where no one is for asking for all it. of the people who don't listen to this podcast. Exactly. And they'll have no clue. But they're like, they'll think we're important because yeah. we have headphones on. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, wow, those two are really sophisticated. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I can only do one voice, and that one voice is this. Oh, like, yeah. that's all I can do. I'm high society. <laughs> if you couldn't tell. <laughs> oh, I'm so good. Yeah. Well, I now know, I'm. Hungry. I know your dad doesn't like this part, so no, he doesn't. Um, he, I mean, if we're being honest <laughs> with ourselves, Papa is an episode three, maybe. Yeah, and somehow he's gone back to the beginning. He didn't mean to, but I don't think he even started at the beginning. No, but he did return there somehow. Somehow, somehow he did. Daddy, we love you. We really do. Yeah, my mom. I'm pretty sure just presses play, and then afterwards. Like she won't even listen to it, but then afterwards she'll just be like, "Oh, good job, sweetie. I loved your episode." I'm like, "All right, mom, what was it about?" She's like, <laughs> and then she'll just yeah, walk it's away. Just, it's just a little laugh, a pity laugh, <laughs> and then she's like, huh, "You too." And then just, so proud. Yeah. yeah. Well, at least my mom listens to the entire episode. Freaking champ. Yeah, dude. Absolute. So, Hi. <laughs> well, veering back into the direction we originally were planning on. Yep that thing what have you got justin for us today wow do i have a crazy story are you just reading me cars too <laughs> i am reading you line for line in all of the different accents cars too including like the scene play yes like, and the sound effects and everything yeah it's not just going to be the chows it's like going to be directors movements. every thing yeah Yep. Nice. So we start off in a town called what was, Soda Flats. What? What? <laughs> what was where was cars based up? Where was the city? I don't. It know. was like something flats. Probably. Great. All I remember is Rusties. Yeah. When's the last time you watched Cars? Oh man, dude. I don't know. I didn't even watch that one where they go to Europe yeah. or something. This is so far off topic. Well, not really, because I'm actually going to be talking about some cars in my really? episode. Yeah. Cars. Okay. I mean, sort of in a very roundabout way. Interesting segue. Yes. But, uh, but, but segue nonetheless. Beautiful. Great. All Just right. Just like a car. Aw. Great. There well, we go. There we go. It's some all really cyclical. awful things happen in a car in my episode. That's... So, in my story. Excuse me. So, all right. Well, you know what? We're just going to. Just dive in. We're just going to dive right in. Um, I'm going to... Hold on. Okay. I had to move the microphone up with my nose mm. because I'm holding the microphone with one hand and the iPad with the other. Right. So my nose is how I move this. Great. Good. Justin, 
and Spookables. Today, I'm going to be telling you the freaking wicked story of the Pied Piper of Tucson. No idea what that is. Great. Well, that makes my life easier. <laughs> Good. Woo! <laughs> At least it's an interesting episode. Exactly. So, usually I try not to be lazy and I try not to be... Oh, are we kidding? <laughs> Usually I try not to just copy and paste. I like to usually just try and add my own words into there. But this story was just so good that I took the first couple paragraphs directly, literally word from word, word for word. I mean, yeah. Like if it's written, it's just (sighs) like too well to be written in a different way. Exactly. You're just doing... A service to the person who wrote it yes so 100 and honestly as i read this if i wouldn't have told you that i took it from someone else you'd be right. like hannah <laughs> you don't speak good <laughs> like you good. you would know that it wasn't me writing sure yes so with that being said i am going to be reading you uh, a story but also mm-hmm be telling you some non things from that story anyway so the majority of the story i got from life magazine an article that was published on march 4th 1966 by don moser dude my mother wasn't alive that's old yeah yeah mom i'm not calling you old i'm just saying this was this was you know you were still a cooking great great so are you ready to hear about this absolutely great okay Let's go. The the darkness. Uh, it's pretty dark on here, so I'm going to have to squint a little bit. You can turn the brightness out. Oh, because I don't have my reflection glasses on, you know? I don't want to get uh, a headache. Makes it's ridiculous. Sense. All right. The Pied Piper. Mm. At dusk in Tucson, as the stark yellow-flared mountains begin to blur against the sky, the golden car slowly cruises speedway. Smoothly, it rolls down the long, divided avenue, past the supermarkets, the gas stations, and the motels, Past the twist joints, the sprawling drive in the restaurants, the car slows for an intersection, stops, then pulls away again. The exhaust mutters against the pavement as the young man driving takes the machine swiftly, expertly through the gears. I feel like I'm reading a porno right now. It definitely gives that vibe. Yeah. He he pulls the machine swiftly. Also, this is just a dude driving down a street. <laughs> this is legitimately just a guy going down a street, but instead it's at dusk. And oh, boy. Please put your... I'm not mocking this because this is beautiful writing. It is really good. It's great. Okay. I'm there. I'm there. You know. Are you there? I'm literally there in the wow. car next to this guy. Wow. I but don't know if you want to be. Because I'm in the back seat with a blanket over me. I see. Well, I mean, spoilers, but great. Anyway, a car pulls even with him. The teenage girls in the front seat laugh, wave, and call his name. The young man glances towards the rear view mirror, turned always so he can look at his own reflection and appraises himself. Ew. <laughs> I mean, honestly, not safe. You should not have the rear view pointed exactly towards you so you can see yourself. Mm-hmm. It should be pointed towards the road a bit. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. fine. Okay. I'll get back. Get back into series, mom. The face is his own creation. The hair dyed raven black. The skin darkened to a deep tan with pancake makeup. Whoa, whoa, wait, what? Yes, you were pancake makeup. I did say pancake makeup. Not not waffle. No. Not biscuit and gravy. Not crepe. Pancake. Interesting. Okay. I don't know what that means that it's caked on. Sure. 
or I mean, this 60s lingo is a little different. Okay. But I don't exactly know what that means, but I'm in. Great. Let's um let's not dwell on pancake sure. makeup. Okay. And just quickly segue away from <laughs> pancake makeup. From the the deep tan of a pancake makeup job. Right. Great. His lips whitened? Nope. Yep. The whole effect heightened by a mole he has painted on one cheek. Why? Yep. But the deepest blue eyes are all his own. Beautiful eyes, the girls say. Approaching the hi-ho, the teenager's nightclub. That shouldn't be a thing. He backs off the accelerator, (laughs) then slowly cruises on past Johnny's drive-in. But it's early yet. Not much going on. The driver ships up, shifts up again through the gears, and the golden car slides away along the glitter and grim rack of Speedway. Smitty keeps looking for action. Smitty. Smitty. First off, sad name. <laughs> Sorry, dude. Smitty, we're in Junction. Junction. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> this sounds a lot like something that is familiar to me. What do you? What sounds familiar? the dude in the car like being weird driving in a gold car it sounds like arnold friend i'm sorry what was that huh from from what i don't remember is it like smooth talk or something yes smooth talk laura dern's in it yes dude oh you're brilliant you were absolutely brilliant really yes okay so you know what i can't keep this act up any longer i'm really sorry why oh do you want me to keep it up what act this act. What act? The sister act. Two. <laughs> Best one. <laughs> the only one. Okay, so here's the spoilers, y'all. Uh, we we actually recorded this episode like two weeks ago. Yeah. And um, it didn't, the audio didn't go through. Yeah. So Justin is being a freaking champ and pretending he's never heard this story before, but he actually has. And let me just say, so when I first read this, Justin blew my mind because he correctly guessed that this story was the inspiration for a movie, which I will be talking about at the end called Smooth Talk. Laura Dern. Great. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, it's okay. not a great movie. It's not a great movie. It's, it's okay. very uncomfortable. Exactly. But um, I'm really glad that it didn't record because all I was doing was just screaming in excitement for about three minutes straight that Justin was so brilliant. Yeah. So that um, sounds right. Yeah. 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 Um, so the reactions that you were going to hear while they may be genuine because I don't really remember a lot of things Justin tells me. Yeah. They're not canned responses. No, 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 for sure. But, um, anyway, enjoy, enjoy the second time I've told the story. This is still an awesome episode though. (laughs) This is one of my favorites that we've done. Okay. sweet. I'm really looking forward to this. I appreciate you. Everyone else will be too. I hope so. Uh, Maybe I could actually get back to the story though. That'd be good. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. I will stop digressing that's fine i'm just not cutting any of this no good okay the fact is that charles schmid or smitty smitty is much much better than charles schmid isn't wouldn't it just be schmidt maybe yeah yeah smitty so we're just gonna call him smitty from here on out okay neither is good great um i want to remind you one more time i promise this is like one of the last distractions um this is not me writing. <laughs> right. Okay. So the fact is that Smitty, who cannot be dismissed as a freak, 
had for years functioned successfully as a member, even a leader of the yeastiest stratum of Tucson's Whoa. teenage society. Can you say that today? Yes. Really? Yes. You're allowed to say that in public? I think that it is absolutely appropriate to say that you are a leader of the yeastiest stratum. I feel like you can't say that. <laughs> Okay, not gonna lie. The first time I'm so, this is inappropriate. The first time I read this by myself, I was like, "Does that say yeastiest scrotum?" I was like, "Is yes. that appropriate?" <laughs> <laughs> Sounds right to me. But like, I can't imagine our generation being described as a yeasty stratum. You know, I can. Yeah, actually, yeah. millennials are just we try, mm -hmm. we try really hard. Yeah, great. As a high school student, Smitty had been, as classmates remembered, an outsider, but not that far outside. Very vague. Yes, very much so. He was small, but a fine athlete. And his and in his last year of school, in 1960, mm -hmm. he was a state gymnastics champion. Wow. His grades were poor, but he was in no trouble to speak of until his senior year when he was suspended for stealing tools from a welding class. Okay. But, but here's the thing, Justin. Innocent enough exactly. so far. Yes. I mean, everybody steals things. Everybody's a, a star athlete. I'm a <laughs> gymnastics athlete. Yeah, it is. <laughs> okay. So here's the creepy thing. Great. So while Smitty graduated in 1960, uh, he never really left high school. Gross. So if you can, can you just try and imagine to your horror uh matthew mcconaughey's character in days and confused your yeah, favorite movie of all time i can't stand that movie i know so this is basically Ugh, who he is gross yeah just that creepy older guy who just hangs around like it's one thing if you're like 18 or 19 or maybe even 20 yeah if and you like have a little you know sibling in yeah. high school or something and you still got a pet band exactly like that because then you're like the hot college person you right, know or like yeah. the hot like uh that person went to went to cna classes yeah yeah at the tech yes yeah. like it's fine but uh. so yeah um after his suspension he hung around waiting to pick up kids in a succession of sharp cars which he drove fast and well why is he picking up kids? I don't know. He haunted all the teenage hangouts along Speedway, including the bowling alleys and the public swimming pool. And he put nope. on spectacular driving ex ex uh, exhibitions for girls far younger than he. Nope. Great. So here's a little spoiler. Great. Uh, at the time of his arrest. Arrest? <laughs> Great. That escalated. Yep. In November, Charles Schmid was 23 years old. As I said before, he wore face makeup and dyed his hair. Mm -hmm. He This is just a description of what a guy he was. Pancake. Yep. He habitually stuffed three or four inches of old rags and tin cans into the bottom of his high-topped boots to make himself taller than his five-foot-three stature. Uh, but because of this, he would stumble so awkwardly while walking around that some people thought he had wooden feet. Oh, um... <laughs> I have a couple comments. Oh, please. I would love to hear them First all. off, yes. how do your feet then fit in the boots? You know, this is a good question. Maybe he got bigger boots. Like, let's say he was a size 8 and so, he got a size 12 instead. Or like halfway up, there's just like an extra foot part <laughs> and like it just looks cool. Oh, no. It could. Second, second yes. thing. Yes, please. Why do people immediately first assume that his feet are wooden rather than him just being drunk or weird 
you know, yeah. I mean, that's offensive. I yeah. understand. But yes, maybe wooden feet in 1966 were just the biggest thing. Pirates galore. Yes. Especially wherever this is taking place. Tucson. Yes, you said that multiple times. I think that Tucson is absolutely the biggest pirate hub pirate in the United States. Of the United States. Absolutely. Yes. Because of all of the water surrounding Tucson, Arizona. Right. Yes. Mountain pirates. Great. Yes, mountain pirates. That is that is correct. What are those creepy sand guys in Star Wars? So like Tuscan Raiders? Yeah, those guys. Those yeah. are gross. That's what he was. He kind of looks like one. Great. <laughs> I'm allowed to say that because he's a douche. Sure. Great. Um, <laughs> Smitty also liked to purse his lips and let his eyelids droop in order to emulate his idol, Elvis Presley. That was the worst Presley. Did Elvis make duck face constantly, though? I think so. Great. I don't know what that like. Yeah. Let's go. Um, he bragged to girls that he knew 100 ways to make love. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> he also liked to, or that he also knew how to run dope. Which I'm assuming just means he's a drug dealer. Reefer. Uh, he was also a hell's angel. This is all things that he was saying. Oh, oh yes. Okay, yep. I see. Uh, he talked about being a rough customer in a fight, though he was rarely in one. Mm-hmm. Um, and he always carried pockets full of tin bottles and salt and pepper, which he said that he would use to blind his opponents. Um. Okay, rude. <laughs> like super underhanded tactic that's not useful i mean it's kind of appropriate kind of creative though you know Mm. you just have a pocket full of pepper and you're just like ka-chow and they start sneezing they can't see and you run away we've moved past cars too at this point please (laughs) don't bring us back in Uh, oh my gosh well somehow it gets even worse so he used he liked to also use highfalutin language which is probably the first time i've ever said that word Mm -hmm. and had a favorite saying ready for this yeah Quote, I can manifest my neurotical emotions, emancipate an epicurial instinct, and elaborate on my heterosexual tendencies. So basically, he is the straightest of straight men that could ever be straight. And he wants you to know it. He needs you to know. He will even make love to you. Yes. So you know how straight he is. Absolutely. Love it. Ridiculous. I'm in. Let's go. He occasionally shocked even those who thought they knew him well. A friend says that he once saw Smitty tie a string to the tail of his pet cat, swing it around his head, and beat it bloody against a wall. Then he turned calmly and asked, You feel compassion? Why? Yet even while Smitty tried to create an exalted heroic image of himself, he had worked on a pitiable one. This is a quote from a friend. Whoa, wait. No, hang on. Uh Huh? I'm sorry? That is what you have to say after beating a cat to death. Your own cat. You feel compassion? Why? No. That just sounds like a just sounds like a stoner dude who That's... thinks that he came up with a great idea while stoned and had no idea what he was talking about. Exactly. And then put it on Twitter while he was pooping. Yep. Yes. It's like shower thoughts. Yes. For stoners. Douchey stoners. Yep. Douchey murderous stoners. Great. Which is this guy. Anyway, so this guy, Smitty, really liked to make people feel bad for himself. Also, I just want to show you quickly. This is Mr. Pancake Self. Oh, no, no. He is uh, actually terrifying. <laughs> if I 
ever saw that man, I might want to turn the other way. But why is it the is it the big mole? Is it's it the... literally everything about him? Do you know like when you look at someone and you're like, you could murder me? The mirror. Yes, yes. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yes, it's just. Yeah. I I look at him and it automatically looks... makes me feel uncomfortable. Granted, we know he's going to kill somebody. I mean, honestly, probably, spoilers. Yes, but like, he looks like he could kill somebody straight yeah. up. Yeah, it's very scary. I don't like it at all. I know. But here's the thing. People liked it. They liked him. No. Because. Because he beats cats. Well, I mean, he probably didn't tell a lot of people that. that, that <sighs> but he was different, Justin. That's why people liked him. I mean, think about it. Think about if everybody in your town, and this is the 60s, so like everybody's miserable, of course. If you are growing up and you're a teenager and you are... I mean, this is very privileged, but let's just say you have a lot of things going on, but it's still mm-hmm. not good enough because you're a teenager and you're probably white and you're just and whiny. Angsty. You're angsty. And all of a sudden you see this guy who wears really interesting makeup and paints a huge quarter size mole on his face just for fun. And he drives around in cars and he's older and he's mysterious. Mm. Wouldn't you kind of be intrigued? No, because that screams pedophile. Well, yes, that is correct. 100%. Yep. Great. But uh, Good, uh, great. Um, great. Basically, this is how not to get murdered, a story by Justin Voss. What? Great. Am I in the story? No, you're teaching people how not to get murdered. Oh. Oh, good job, baby. Okay, ready? Great. So, as I said, to the youngsters who are bored and lonely, to the dropout and the delinquent, to the young girls with beehive hairdos and tight pants that didn't quite fill out. Wow. And to the boys with acne and no jobs, to these people, Smitty was their hero. Okay, wait, who's writing this? This is that this is that guy talking about teenage girls mm-hmm. who don't fill out their clothes. Yes. That is extremely extremely gross. Exactly. Okay. Um you know, uh, I'm very glad you didn't write this. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'd like to pretend that the 60s were a long time ago, but they sure weren't. Great. That All was right. disgusting. Yep. Yep. Great. <laughs> and now I can't cut that. So. Uh, you're welcome. Okay. So th- this, this sentence is just great. So mm. nutty maybe, but at least more dramatic, more theatrical, more interesting than anyone else in their lives. A semi-ludicrous, sexy, sexy-eyed Pied Piper nope. who, stumbling along in his rag stuff boots, nope. led them up and down Speedway. Nope, definitely not. <laughs> nope. No, that's... This really Ooh. sounds like a glorification of this person. Honestly, it really does. It's kind of disgusting. Yeah. Don't... Like, don't... Even if this is truly how these teenagers felt, don't... Make it clear that that's what you're saying. Exactly. Don't and don't say that these girls can't fill out their pants. That's so gross. I have a flat ass too. You don't see anybody complaining about it except for me. Ridiculous. Unbelievable. Yeah. Great. Great. All right, you ready to get into the sad stuff? Okay. <sighs> On the evening of May thirty first, May thirty third, nineteen sixty four, Aline Rowe prepared to go to bed early. She had to be in class by 6 a.m. as she had an examination the next day. Mm -hmm. Aline was a pretty girl of 15, a better-than-average student who talked about going to college and becoming an oceanographer. Oh, cool. She was also a sensitive child. Same. Same. 
<laughs> Great. <laughs> Giving to reading romance novels and taking long walks to the desert at night. Recently, she had been going through a period of adolescent melancholia, same, yeah. often talking with her mother, who was a nurse, about death. Okay. She would, she hoped, be someday reincarnated as a cat. Because, honestly, oh, yes. the most spoiled of animals. Yeah, truly. Yes. Because they can destroy you. Exactly. And you'll still care for them. Literally, yes. I am obsessed with Sage, and mm-hmm. he is the biggest dickhead to me. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. On this particular evening, she was dressed in a bathing suit and thongs. Flip-flops. Oh. Yeah. It's like, yep. that's very redundant. <laughs> Her usual costume around the house. She had uh, she had watched the Beatles on TV that evening and even tried to teach her mother to dance a new dance called the Frug. Oh. Honestly, I wish this was my life. If I could go back in time and wear a yep. black swimsuit mm-hmm. and flip-flops and dance around to watching the Beatles probably on the Ed Sullivan show yeah, dude. with my mother and father. Yeah. Hooli, hooli boy. Hooli mooly. Hooli boy. The dream. Great. Then she took a bath, washed her hair, and came out to kiss her mother goodnight. Norma Rowe, again, this guy, Norma Rowe, an attractive Stop. womanly divorcee, Stop. was somehow moved by the girl's clean fragrance and said, you smell so good. Are you wearing perfume? That's so creepy. It is creepy. Why are you writing this? I don't know. No, mom, the girl answered laughing. It's just me. <laughs> I really should not be mocking this girl. I'm so sorry. No, the girl's not the problem. No. Yeah. Uh, a little later, Mrs. Rowe looked in at her daughter, found her apparently sleeping peacefully, and then left for her job as a night nurse in Tucson Hospital. She had no premonition of danger, but she had lately been concerned about Aline's friendship with a neighborhood girl named Mary French. Okay. Mary and Aline had been spending a good time of time together, smoking and giggling and talking girl talk in the Rowe backyard. Norma Rowe did not approve, however. She particularly did not approve of Mary French's friends, a tall, gangly boy of 19 named John Saunders and another older boy no. named Charles Schmidt. No. Come on, man. Yep. All right. So later that night, um, after uh, lovely Mrs. Rowe left, um, Mary came around and tapped on the door. Um, uh, blah, 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 blah. Um, later, according to Mary French, she, um, testified that Smitty had frequently talked with Mary French about killing the row girl by no. hitting her over the head with a rock. Uh, yikes. Yep. Because if someone said that about my friend, I would spend time with them. I'd be totally fine with that <laughs> and never report them to the police. Yep. Great. All right. So I'd like to remind you yet again that I did not write this. Mm-hmm. Um, fair. Here's a description about Mary French. Great. Mary French, 19, was, to put it straight, a frump. Nope. (laughs) Nope. Her face, which might have been pretty, somehow seemed lumpy. Wow. Her body shapeless. No. I mean, same. Can you say that about people, though? Uh, uh, Yes. Especially in Life magazine. So rude. So rude. Yep. Um, she was, a friend remembers, fantastically in love with Smitty. She just sat at home and waited while he went out with other girls. That's really so not good. So, so sad. Yeah. Um, so now uh, the four of them went out to uh, the desert to just have a few beers and to talk. Not a great idea, probably. No, sure isn't. According to Mary French, they got out of the car and walked down to the wash, mm-hmm. where they sat on the sand and talked for a while. 
Uh, Schmitty and Mary then started back to the car, but before they got there, they heard a cry, uh, and then Schmitty decided to turn back and go to the wash. Mary, being the bright person that she is, decided to go to the car by herself and not investigate the sound of her friend. As you do. Yep. Yep. After 45 minutes of sitting in said car by herself. What do you do for 45 minutes without a phone? Uh, yeah. And especially when like your other friend is just by themselves. Mm-hmm. Yep. I no. With people who have talked about killing her. And she presumably doesn't have the car key, so she's not listening to the radio. No. She's just sitting there. Looking at the atlases. Yes. What a nerd. <sighs> okay. So after 45 minutes, Saunders appeared um, with Schmitty and saying uh, he got into the car, says Mary, and he said, we killed her. I love you so very nope. much. He kissed me. He was nope. breathing real hard and seemed excited. Absolutely not. Then Schmitty got a shovel from the trunk of his car and they returned to the wash. No. I'm sorry. If you have a shovel in your car, <laughs> yep. don't be friends with this person. Yeah. No. No thanks. Like a snow scraper, if that's what they're called, is one thing. Right. You know? In Wisconsin. In Wisconsin. You have one of those in Tucson? Goodbye. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So <clears throat> they went down to the wash. She was lying there on her back and blood was covered uh, blood covered her face and head, Mary French testified. Uh, the, then the three of them dug a shallow grave and put put her body, put Eileen's body into it and covered it up. Afterwards, they wiped Schmidt's car clean of Eileen's fingerprints. More than a year passed, Justin. No. Norma Rowe had reported her daughter missing and the police searched for her. Um, at Mrs. Rowe's insistence, they picked up Schmitty, but because mm-hmm. there was no reason to hold him, they let him go. How is there not? Yep. I, I, I just wish that you could be like, this person's creepy, book them. No, that's not. That needs to be how this works. Yep. The police, however, because it's in 1966, assumed that Eileen was just one more of Tucson's runaways. Nope. Yep. Um... So around this time, around this time that, you know, Eileen Rowe is missing, mm-hmm. um, Schmitty just didn't seem to care because yep. he started f- throwing lavish parties at a new house. Great. Um, he would sit around amid stacks of Playboy magazines, playing Elvis Presley really records good. and drinking beer. Sounds like a gem. This is a really, really great person. Uh, a friend of, of Schmitty's recalled him stating that his biggest ambition in life was to have a girl commit suicide because no. of him. No, definitely not. Yeah. Definitely check your priorities there, bud. Yeah, that'd be good. <sighs> and because it's not even the worst of it, um, he decided to see another girl. So by this time, Smitty has seen, had begun seeing a girl from a higher social stratum. Wow. Um, her name was Gretchen Fritz, and she was the daughter of a prominent Tucson heart surgeon. Uh, Gretchen was described as a pretty thin, nervous girl of 17 with a knack for trouble. Hmm. A teacher described her as erratic, subversive, and a psychopathic liar. Jesus. Which, if you're not described as that 17 by a teacher, what are you doing? Yeah. Yep. I mean, how do you live without that name? Truly. I wouldn't know. No. Same. No. Yeah. I was the biggest uh, teacher's pet ever in high school. Yeah. No, I was pretty good. Yeah. 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 I'm, I was like, I'm sorry. Um, my teacher's speaking. I want to listen to their lesson. What? Yeah. I'm here to learn. Excuse me? <laughs> Not like you nerds. Oh my God. I was wearing like four pairs of glasses yeah. because it wasn't good enough. And then like three collars popped as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, 
such high school. On the evening of August 16th, 1965, Gretchen Fritz left the house with her little sister, Wendy, a friendly, lively 13-year-old, to go to a drive-in movie. Okay. Neither girl ever came home again. What? So here's the thing. I am so interested because I want to know how you go from dating someone to being like, you know what? I'm going to kill you and your little sister. Yeah. Like, it was it all premeditated? Was it was he always like, I'm gonna kill this girl? I just need to I need to work out because he they were dating for like over a year. Seriously. Yeah. They started seeing each other in sixty-four and he killed he killed them in sixty-five. What the heck? I mean, like, yeah, it was a long, tumultuous relationship. Still though. But ridiculous oh my gosh, yeah. Come on. Gretchen's father, like Aline Rowe's mother, felt sure that Charles Schmidt had something to do with his daughter's disappearance. Right. Um, and he eventually hired a private investigator named Bill Heilig. Nice. One of Heilig's men soon found Gretchen's red compact car parked behind a motel, but the co- police continued to assume that both girls had joined the ranks of Tucson's runaways. No. Again, that's if you, not a thing. No, and also if you have a if you have a legitimate runaway problem in your city, maybe you should be doing something about addressing the teenagers in that town yeah. and saying like, "Hey, running away is not that cool. Why don't we do something to have more youth development?" <laughs> well, oh man. Also, assuming runaways while people are telling you there's a sexual predator on the loose. Yep. And the, pancake makeup. Exactly. The fact that all three of these victims were connected by this singular person. Yeah. Great, great, yeah. great, great. Okay. About a week after Gretchen disappeared, Richie Bronze was sitting with Smitty in his house. Okay. We were sitting in the living room because, yep, mm-hmm. Bronze recalls. He was sitting on the sofa and I was in the chair by the window and we got on the subject of Gretchen. He said, you know I killed her, right? No. Nope. I said, I didn't. He said, you know where? I said, Stop. no. He said, I did it right here in the living room. Stop. First, I killed Gretchen, then Wendy. Stop. Then I took the bodies and I put them in the trunk of the car. I put the bodies Come in the most on. obvious place I could because I just didn't care anymore. Does he mean in the trunk? Because they're not buried, right? No, but he ditched the bodies. He ditched the bodies in the most obvious place because he oh. didn't care where he hid them. Yup. How awful. Well, okay, so I'll get to this. Um, oh, sorry. No, baby, you're fine. You were so fine. So, Brun said we should go bury them because he knew that the bodies were just oh, laying out. Okay, yeah. So, we went to, Smitty uh, stole the keys to his um, old man's station wagon, says Bruns. Then we got a flat shovel, the only one we could find. Then, before we went to the desert, we decided to go to Johnny's and get a hamburger. No, definitely not. Yep. Not priority. (sighs) Better have been worth it. Better have been the best damn hamburger of your life. Right. So, we drove out to the old drinking spot in the desert. That's where Smitty meant when he said the most obvious place. I'm sorry. I should have clarified that. The drinking spot? Yep. Because that's fine. It's where we used to drink beer and make out with girls. No. No. You're disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. So we parked the car and got the shovel and walked down there, but we couldn't find anything. Then Smitty said, wait, I smell something. We went in opposite directions. And then I heard Smitty saying, come here. I found him kneeling over Gretchen. There was a white rag tagged around her legs. Her blouse was pulled up and she was wearing a white bra and capris. Then he said, Wendy's up that way. I sat there for a minute. 
Then I followed Smitty to where Wendy was. He'd had the decency to at least cover her up, except for one leg, which was sticking up out of the ground. I recognize that this is awful. Um, so they tried to dig for about 20 minutes. And finally, Smitty said that we better do something because it's getting light out. So he grabbed the rag that was around Gretchen's leg and dragged her down into the water. It made a noise like a dragging a hollow shell. It stunk like hell. <sighs> the part that bothers me the most is uh, that he he's take he's completely depersonalizing these two girls. It. It. Yeah. It stunk like hell. Not no, she. She. This girl that you knew. Uh, <sighs> yep. Um. We went back to get Wendy. Her leg was sticking up with a shoe on it. He said, take off her tennis shoe and throw it over there. I did. I threw it. Then he looked at me and said, now you're in this as deep as I am. Ew. Just. Yeah. Just get run over by a car. Basically, that'd be great. So basically, the only good thing that Richie Bruns ever did was uh, have a nervous breakdown in his grandma's kitchen. Hmm. And confess the whole story. Sounds good. So Smitty's downfall came directly from his good old friend, Richie Bruns. Good. Um, after thinking that his grandson, her grandson was crazy um, and drunk, yep. um, <laughs> uh, his grandmother and Richie decided to call the Tucson police. Good job, Granny. Great. So good. Things happened pretty swiftly after that. They went into the desert and discovered, precisely as Brenz had described them, the grisly skeletal remains of Gretchen and Wendy Fritz. Oh, man. Um, a couple weeks later, they found Charles Smith working outside uh, of his little house in the yard, his face layered again with pancake makeup, Ew, his what? nose covered by a patch of adhesive plaster, which he had worn for five months, and his boots, you guessed it, packed full oh, excuse me, of old right. rags and tin cans. Wait, what did he have on his nose? Sorry. Okay, I have a picture of this. It's disgusting. He took plaster. Yeah. It almost looks like he cut a nose off of a rubber mask and then taped it on top of his nose. Ew. And he why? said that for he said five months ago that someone had broken it in a fight. Five months. Sweetheart. To heal a broken nose. No. No. Oh okay. I yeah. I have a picture of this. It's just ridiculous. Ugh. Okay. Uh. He put up no resistance. Did he? Have, he had his damn tin shoes. Too? He did. He had his damn boots full of oh old rags God. and tin cans while he was just working out in the yard. Why? Why when you're working? I don't know. Can you imagine the the amount of back pain this guy had? I don't care. Sweaty feet at, at the oh, very least. So, I had to be so sweaty. John Saunders and Mary French confessed immediately to their roles Thank in the goodness. slaying of Allie and Roll and were quickly sentenced. Mary French to four to five years and Saunders to life. Good. So, uh, Schmitty was uh, convicted immediately and tried and sentenced. Great. Um, the only good news I have from this story, basically, mm -hmm. is that on March 10th, 1975, Schmidt was stabbed 47 times <gasps> by two fellow prisoners. Yay. <laughs> After losing an eye and a kidney, Whoa. he is said to have died as a result of the attack on March 30th, 1975. Oh. Um, his mother wanted to have a... Uh, his burial happened in a prison cemetery because she believed that he was, if he was buried in a public cemetery, his tombstone might be defaced. Oh yeah. He received a Catholic funeral at the prison, but, uh, because his body was stolen from the morgue, oh, an empty casket was buried. 
he doesn't seem like a, like a like a god fearing man. No, sure doesn't. So, sure, sure don't. All at right. Least no one ever found them. No, and I hope that people, after listening to this amazing podcast, mm. I hope they quickly forget about him. Yeah. Good riddance. Yeah. All right. So to end this all together, Great. we will talk about what we talked about at the beginning. Oh. Um, that in 1966, lovely Joyce Carol Oates published the short story "Where Are You Going? Where Have You Been?" Yes. about a teenage girl being charmed and menaced by a predatory man. She was inspired by, in part, by Schmidt's case. The story is dedicated to ya boy, Bob Dylan, because Oates was also inspired by the song It's All Over Now, Baby Blue. Nice. Uh, the story was adapted into the 1986 film Smooth Talk, in which Schmidt's character Arnold Friend is played by Treat William and stars lovely Laura Dern. Nice. So Hannah and Justin had to watch this interesting movie uh, for their lit in film class. We had to read the story beforehand. The story yes. was really good. Yes. Of course, it's disturbing with, you know, what it's based on. Uh, yeah, it's disturbing, the but it. the story itself was actually really good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the, I'm sure the Bob Dylan song was great. Too. Oh, yeah. I haven't heard it before, but yeah. I'm sure it's really lovely. And um, this story, plus basically every single thing we talk about on this podcast, plus every single thing that happens in the world, mm -hmm. makes me very anxious to have children. Aww. So, great. Good. Great. Um, but that is the story of the Tucson Pied Piper. Very good. The movie's a little rough. It's a bit. Don't hate it. Not the worst thing, but it's uncomfortable. It is uncomfortable. So... You know, um, there's better 80s movies out there. Sure. If you want to see Laura Dern in a great, great movie, just stick with the classics. Just watch some Jurassic Park. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Great job. Thank you, Bubby. Thank you for listening. Terrible story. Really terrible. Really well done. Yes. And if you want to, if you want to make fun of Charles Schmid, not rest in peace, you can look at our Facebook page and see some great mug shots. Look forward to that. Uh. Okay, so for my story today, um, I'm not going to tell you the name of the sorry. person. Okay, great. Thanks I'm for really that. sorry. It's a bibber. Great. Um, okay. what flavor? Coconut. Coconut pineapple, dude. Oh, nice. I mean, it's yours. Well, yeah, but we Sorry. need we need to be sponsored by them at some point. Please. Not a sponsor currently. Oh, God. That would be the freaking dream. Um, I got all of my information from Murderpedia.com and Wikipedia.com. Bless. Oh, of course. Great. So, spoiler. <laughs> Is there a murder involved? Yeah. <laughs> I'm on society. Can you imagine if something was on Murderpedia, but it was just like, this student got an A plus on their exam. Yeah. Uh. It's like, about murders. It's like, uh, you know, okay. no. now you're just splitting hairs. It's fine. <laughs> um, so I have a couple pictures of a man named Herbert William Mullen. I like him already. You want to take a look at these pictures? Yes, let's take a look at these pictures. Um, the first one. They're all mug shots, by the way. It's just... Um, Again, another oh, spoiler, just in case you testing. hadn't already pounded it into your head. 
that this dude murdered people. So wait, you're talking about a murder today? <gasps> Justin, yeah. who are you? I know. It's I feel a little like I don't bit, even know you anymore. It's a little bit uh, crazy. I like it when you come over to the murder side. Yeah, dude. It's fun. Okay, this dude, first of all. looks like you. Yeah. This looks like my dad. So, oh, the first one looks like your dad. He has a much squarer chin, mm-hmm. but this makes me very uncomfortable. Yeah, it's this weird. is Nicholas, circa nineteen seventy nine. Yeah, two eighty. He looks good in the first picture. He I will does say that absolutely. The thing is, and then I, I'm not trying to be offensive, but like, he has that thing where like the mustache doesn't close in the middle. Yeah, and because of that. In the second picture, it looks like he almost shaved even more. Yeah. And it's just, it's just like, it's like a happy meal. It's like mm-hmm. a McDonald's sign around the eye, like the sides. Right. It's not good. Also, um, I'm getting some Manson vibes. Definitely a little bit from that first one for sure. I mean, honestly, if you were a white guy with long hair in like the 60s and 70s, you kind of looked like Manson. Yeah. But like this guy for sure. I also do want to point out, I just noticed this, that third picture there kind of makes it, he kind of looks like Johnny Knoxville a little bit. Dude. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's weird. Granted, it's a profile, but. I mean. You know, he kind of looks like Johnny Knoxville. Yeah. So now that we're finished taking the piss out of this Oh, sure, sure, sure. Yes. Um, uh, He looks like Johnny Knoxville and my father. It's fine. And Manson. Good. Um, Good. Let's just start at the beginning, shall we? I love it. I love beginnings. Okay. Herbert William Mullen was born on April 18th, 1947. Wow. Why is that date important? It's not. Oh, just. Oh. It's my birthday. Ah, 1947? Yeah. Wow. You're much older than I thought. No. No. Okay. Sorry. What? Yeah, it's late. You're definitely tired. I can tell. I so am. Great. Great. Um, Herbert was the son of a World War II veteran. Aww. He was an extremely bright and sensitive boy who was involved in sports and voted most likely to succeed in high school. That's probably a bad sign. By the age of 36, he was a raging schizophrenic and a prolific serial killer. <laughs> so, well, you just jumped right <laughs> in. You really just called that one right off the bat. So Just high school don't. High school's rough, man. Dude. That's so sad. Yeah. The summer after his high school graduation, Mullen's close friend, Dean Richardson, was killed in a motorcycle accident. This triggered, this seemed to trigger the start of some odd behavior. Sure. And Mullen soon had built a shrine to his dead friend in his bedroom and began to obsess about reincarnation, religion, and impending natural disasters. Oh, gosh. And he even told his girlfriend that he was turning gay. Well, you know, it's interesting. I'm like tearing up a little bit. I'm sorry. Doesn't work like that, but no, bye. No. Um, it's been proven time and again yeah. that it is not a choice. No, I mean, you might have some gay tendencies that like you needed, um, like a steamy scene on TV to occur, but like, yeah, dude, you don't just turn, friend. No. It is definitely something you're born with. Maybe it's Maybelline, but right. most likely you're born with it. <laughs> Good. Okay. Um, drugs then became a big part of Mullen's life, and his deteriorating mental state was coaxed along by huge doses of acid, 
He began experimenting with hallucinogenic drugs and was in and out of mental hospitals for the next two years where he underwent treatment for hearing voices about an upcoming great earthquake. Oh, fun. What a joy. Is this an episode of Supernatural? Kind of seems that way, yeah. Sure does. Yeah. It's just uh, the perfect recipe for a disastrous cocktail is mm. mental illness plus the 60s plus acid. Yes. Yup. Yep. Just not a good it's time. not going to be good for you. That's a soggy quiche right there. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, unfortunately, nothing seemed to help, however, as Mullen complained of hearing voices and adopted many different personas, reinventing himself alternately as a yoga disciple. Fine. Amateur boxer. Great. Hippie. Okay. And a sombrero-wearing Mexican. No. <laughs> Is he is he a Mexican American? No. Um okay, so like with being gay, you can't just turn. Like I I can't just wake up and say I'm going to be a Mexican today. No. Yeah. Um yeah. You don't just again, you don't just become something you're not. What was that quote from that guy that I should remember? It was from Good. That's very specific and helpful. <laughs> But Justin, you're really good. And you, I give you the most ambiguous of clues. Oh boy, here we go. Here we go. No, no, no. We were watching um, 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 American, Amer- um, pa- the Patriot, Patriot guy, Hassan, oh, Patriot Act, the yeah. Patriot Act, yeah. and and that Carson. Oh yes. What's that guy that I should know? Oh man, Carson. Oh, he's. Oh, he's so he's not good. Ben Carson. Ben Carson. Yeah. And Ben Carson was talking about transgender people. Oh, like, yeah. I can't just wake up and one day I'm gonna say one I day, am Afghanistan. I feel yeah. One day I feel I feel like a woman today. And then the next day, I am Afghanistan. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here's here's a here's a quick recommendation. Um, don't like Ben Carson. Uh I'm sorry, what? Don't recommend anything. No, I was going to say, don't act like Ben Carson. Oh, That's okay. what I meant to say. I okay. didn't mean to say, don't like Ben Carson. I was like, please don't act like Ben Carson. Don't call yourself <laughs> Afghanistan. No, you can't be Afghanistan unless you are are the country of Afghanistan. You are not a landmass <laughs> with people living inside of you. What if there's a landmass listening to us right now? And they're like, guys. No, but as long as the landmass isn't Afghanistan, it's fine. Oh, okay, okay. And we don't have any listeners in the Middle East so far. So far. Come on. Let's go. We are welcoming to all peoples and species. Especially Afghanistan. The landmass. All right. I need to move on. I can't can't do (laughs) it. That was such a tangent. What were we talking about? Oh, he decided to be Mexican. A sombrero-wearing Mexican. Very specifically, yes. Ugh. Uh, the fads never lasted long before he began his odd search for the newest road to peace of mind. I see. He burned cigarettes out on his own skin, talked to himself, attempted to enter the priesthood, and eventually got evicted from an apartment after he repeatedly pounded on the floor, shouting at people who were not there. Oh, sweetheart. It's just sad. Uh, this is going to be a hard episode for me. I already know. Yeah? Yeah. Don't cry because it's late. I will probably cry. Get ready, everybody. 
Don't cry for me. Herman. What was his name? Herbert? Herbert. Herbert. Webster Mullen. Webster Mullen. Um, he eventually settled into murder. As okay. A, as a fad. I'm sorry. You know. And began his killings on October 13th, 1972, near his hometown of Felton, California. Justin, I'm just trying to have a good time. Huh? Great. Oh, sorry. Herbert William Mullen. Oh, how dare you? Webster was um, Herman Webster Mudgett or whatever. (laughs) Yes. Webster Mudgett was H.H. Holmes. Holmes. Nice, dude. There's so many. William. Again, if you have three names, you are a murderer. Thank you, MFM. Yes. So, on this October 13th night, 1972. Great. Mullen spotted a homeless man named Lawrence White, who is 55, along a quiet stretch of road, pulled over his car and lifted the hood, feigning car trouble. When the old man offered assistance, Mullen bludgeoned him to death with a baseball bat. Naturally, nobody paid much attention when a homeless man's body was found a few days later. This episode is just really, really getting to me. No, rude, though. Like, honestly, don't pretend to have car trouble. No. This dude just comes kindness of his heart, yeah. comes up, tries to help you and you kill him. Yep. So rude. Don't need to do that. No. Nope. How about you pretend to be a car mechanic and fix your own damn car? Okay. Thanks. Bye. Helpful. Yes. Maybe a little late, but helpful. Yeah, a little bit. Next, Mullen picked up a young hitchhiker in Santa Cruz named Mary Gilfoyle, who was 24 and stabbed her to death, taking time to slice her body open and pull out her organs. Justin. Her body was not discovered until February the next year. And it's terrible. Justin, you know. But it's such a jump from the first one. Yeah, a bit. Like, the first one is just angry and, you know, spur of the moment, maybe. Yeah. This is very premeditated. This seems so much more i don't know gruesome it just yes. like you want this to be happening yes and you want it to be more than just a quick murder yeah you were taking the time to disavow someone yeah and that's awful yeah um switching gears on november 2nd huh. he was a bit too confessing in a confessional in a los gatos catholic church and uh, then stabbed Reverend Henry Tomei dead inside the booth in order to protect himself from exposure. No, see, that's just rude. Tomei was 64. There's no, no, there, no. Because in the eyes of God. Mm. What? No. No, no, no. Okay. 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 The, mm, Hannah. Remember the knows. religious thing that he started to do ah! when he was in uh, right after high school? Okay. And then went into a church and stabbed a priest. It's just the thing is, is that if you are going to go into a confession and you are going to confess, don't kill someone. You are making the active choice to go make that confession. You're making it so much worse. Exactly. There's like. You can't go to confession after that. No. There's not enough workman's comp to protect that priest. No, just don't. Yep. So this is actually really interesting. Mullen's crimes coincidentally overlapped those of Edmund Kemper. Oh, fun. Great job, Ed. Earning Santa Cruz an unwelcome reputation as murder of the USA. You know, I'm I'm sure there's some people out there who are like, 
freak out. Let's go. Just pack up the kids and let's yes, go. Yes, that's yeah. some people's kink, and I will not kink shame ever. Mm, maybe, well, well, this one's a little rough. Yeah, a little bit. Okay. Um, so Ed Kemper, really interesting person. Yeah. One of us will do an episode about him at some point. Great. Fascinating, horrible. Yes. 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 Um, by November 1972, Herbert was hearing brand new voices emanating from prospective victims begging him to kill them. No. He bought a pistol in December and resumed his hunting. On January 25th, 1973, Mullen went looking for James Gianera, 24, the man who had, quote, turned him on, unquote, to marijuana years earlier. Herbert now regarded that act as part of a plot to destroy his mind, and he meant to avenge himself. Calling at Gianera's old address, he received new directions from 30-year-old Kathy Francis, another acquaintance of his. Moving on, he found Gianera at home, shot the man to death, then stabbed and shot his wife, Joan, 23, for good measure. No. No. From there, Mullen doubled back to kill Kathy Francis and her two small sons, David Hughes, who was nine, and Damon Francis, who was four, shooting all three as they lay in bed. No. You might get to this. I understand that mental illness is a serious, serious thing. But the fact that he doubled back, mm. that doesn't really seem like it's just a spur of the moment kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. He's covering his tracks. He's making sure that he is taking care of every kind of situation. Yeah, it's hard to, uh, I guess, sort of figure out the difference there. Yeah. You know, it's like, where does one end and the other begin yeah absolutely um, where it becomes mm. like the covering of tracks and like premeditation yeah absolutely and mental illness yeah so hmm. um i'll keep going okay because yes i'm sorry we might get into that a little bit so <gasps> no sorry on february 6th mullen was hiking in a nearby state park when he met 14-ish campers approaching the boys with casual conversation he whipped out his gun and killed all four in a rapid burst of fire before they could react or flee. The bodies of Robert Spector, 18, David Oliker, 18, Brian Scott Card, 19, and Mark Drybelbis, 19, were discovered inside their blood-soaked tent a week later. Mm. By that time, Mullen had already killed yet again. Driving through Santa Cruz, Mullen pulled to the curb and fatally shot Fred Perez, 72, while the man was working in his garden. No. This time, however, neighbors saw his license plate and Mullen was arrested by patrolman moments later. Oh, thank goodness. Yep. Bro. I know it's not okay to kill people, but literally anyone else besides the man who's working in his garden. Yep. That's so rude. Yeah. Because... That kind of a situation, like nothing is safe. Yeah. I mean, all all of the murders that he basically did, they were at home, outside trying to enjoy some nature, mm-hmm. in their freaking garden. Yeah. Unbelievable. Or at work. Yeah. Nothing is sacred. Yeah. Well, the rest of this story is a dizzying display of bizarre behavior by Mullen throughout his time in jail and during his subsequent trial. 
It was evident during the police interrogation immediately after his arrest when he responded to investigators' questions by screaming out, silence, and it got worse from there. The clean-cut killer claimed he had stopped a disastrous earthquake from striking California when he killed his victims, thus saving countless lives. That's a twist. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. He also stated that voices, including his father's, had ordered him to kill and that he had telepathically gained permission from the boys in the tent before murdering them. Oh, no. Mullen constantly ranted and spent considerable time jotting his twisted theories down on paper. Some of the highlights occurred during his trial, at the beginning of which he predictably pleaded innocent by reason of insanity. Okay. His lawyer told the court of Mullen's strange ideas such as his theory that his family had conspired to hide bisexuality from him as a child and that she, he should have had the privilege of having orgasms courtesy of his own family members by the age of six. Nope. Um, nope. No. 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 Nope. 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 Okay. Nope. Nope. Mullen eventually took the stand in his own defense and preached to the courtroom that there was a grand conspiracy to keep him from becoming too powerful in his next life, one of his popular reincarnation theories. Hmm. Also, because Einstein died on his birthday, Mullen claimed he was therefore the designated leader of his generation. As for the killings themselves, they were just consented to by his victims. Of course. Quote, every homo sapien communicates telepathically. It's just not accepted socially. Unquote. He told the court. Interesting. I have many issues. Sure. Rapid fire. First of them being... um, I'm a big fan of Avatar The Last Airbender. Dude, yes. As you know, sweetheart, you're watching it for like the 20th millionth time right now. Yeah, bro, it's on Netflix. Let's go. <laughs> but the thing is, is that I don't think that when Einstein passed away, mm-hmm. he avatared himself on over to this guy. Right. Therefore making him the leader of the next generation. Because I don't, first of all, don't don't know Einstein, but I'm pretty sure he maybe wouldn't have wanted people to be murdered. Yeah. And I just, it, there's no. Yeah. No. Yeah. Also, if humans can telepathically communicate, super. That's awesome. But I'm not going to tell another person to kill me. Right. I also don't understand why I don't know how to do it then. Yes. If I can do it. Yes. Why has no one tried with me? Yes. This is, oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. Yes. <sighs> So many issues, so many thoughts. Yeah. Well, somehow the jury wound their way through this circus. Yeah. Uh, they found Mullen sane and guilty of two murders in the first degree and nine in the second degree. Wow. In August of 1973. I was not expecting that. He was sentenced to life in prison and has been denied for parole 10 times, <gasps> unlikely ever to be released. Sweetie, why you keep trying? Right? Dude. Um, now this is kind of an interesting point because I hear what you've been saying. 
This guy sounds like he could pull off the insanity plea pretty easily. Yeah. That's what he tried to do. Yes. Thankfully, the prosecution argued that he covered his tracks as mm. often as possible so as not to be caught. This insight into the case led the jury finding him sane enough to be responsible for his own actions. Uh, they even had a um, like a psychiatrist, Dr. Charles Morris, examine him. And he declared him to be fully sane. And that helped the prosecution tie the case up. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Because, yeah, you hear so many so many cases where it's almost like it should be the other way. Where, mm -hmm. like, the person should have been um, innocent by, by insanity. I don't yeah. know what, like, the, yeah. the technical term is for it. Um, and I'm very surprised that this one was not. Yeah. But exactly what you said the fact that he covered his tracks so well i just i don't i have a hard time i have a hard time believing that one yeah, yeah. okay i'm gonna need you to pick up that ipad again mm. because this is a call and response section Ooh, how fun we don't do these very often so i have an interview okay um i have an interview between you know a guy. <laughs> I have an interview with Herbert Mullen. Okay. Um, okay. Okay. If you could just read the cues for me, please. I can do that. Am I Dr. Charles Morris? I don't believe so. Great. Okay. You say it started with revenge, but that it also had to do with preventing earthquakes, which I guess other people had been doing. Other people were killing other people, which was keeping the earth quiet. In particular, the San Andreas Fault, or in general, or what? All faults. We human beings, through the history of the world, have protected our continents from cataclysmic earthquakes by murder. In other words, a minor natural disaster avoids a major natural disaster. But if, if murder is a natural disaster, then why should you be locked up for it if it's natural and has a good effect? It's because of your laws. You see, the thing is, people get together, say, in the White House. People like to sing the die song, you know. People like to sing the die song. If I am president of my class when I graduate from high school, I can tell two, possibly three young homo sapiens to die. I can sing that song to them, and they'll have to kill themselves or be killed. An automobile accident, a stabbing, a gunshot wound. But then you ask me why this is, and I say, well, they have to do that in order to protect the ground from an earthquake because all the other people in the community have been dying all year long and my class we have to chip in so to speak to the darkness we have to die also and people would rather sing the die song than murder what is the die song just that i'm telling you to die i'm telling you to kill yourself or be killed so that my continent will not fall off into the ocean See, it's all based on reincarnation. This dies to protect my bedrock. What? Sadly, Mullen did not understand basic earth science, <laughs> which explains that California cannot just fall off the continent of North America because under the surface, the globe is composed of plates which run into and scrape on each other, causing earthquakes. The plate takes up like a fifth of the planet's surface. Um, ain't falling anywhere. I even have a little map here for you of um, 
tectonic plates <laughs> on the on the Earth's surface, just showing you, yes, there is a San Andreas fault, mm. but it is the Pacific Plate, which stretches from Australia up to Japan, mm. up to Alaska, like down across the United States. And then, of course, we have the North American Plate, yes. which also is in Russia, all the way almost over to Europe. These are huge, and California just isn't its own little tiny itty-bitty plate Absolutely. that falls off. So, Do you feel really, really happy about that? I feel like you should be like holding your geography and environmental studies like bachelor's degree in your hands, like weeping into it and be like, this is what I did. Yeah. I'm very proud of this. But like, honestly, look at a map. Yeah. However, I will say... Eight days after Mullen's arrest, a 5.8 magnitude earthquake struck the Point Mugu area in Southern California. This oblique slip shock resulted in several injuries and $1 million in damage. While it's definitely not the big one, it certainly caused some issues. Could Mullen have been protecting against this the entire time? No, I'm going to say no. Justin, what do you think? No. 100% no. Great. This guy deserved his sentence, and the loss of human life was just tragic. Yes. Um, you can't prevent natural disasters by killing people like in some movies and folklore. Yeah. It just doesn't work like that. Just let people do their thing. Don't kill a dude in his freaking garden. No. What the hell is wrong with you? Exactly. <sighs> because the thing is, it's like... Honestly, at the end of the day, nature's going to do whatever the hell she wants to do. And we have no control over that. Yeah, dude. For sure, man. This is wild. Yeah, bro. That's my story. That is Herbert Mullen. He is still currently in prison. Oh, I don't like Um, that. I don't like when people are still alive. Yeah, (laughs) no. (laughs) As far as I could tell, he's still alive. Um, obviously there's not a ton of nudes about him because he's just all he really does is try for parole but like sure. I, I don't think he's ever going to get out Ooh, sorry yeah he was not. supposed to i think maybe even like this year but yeah. at some point in the last couple of years they just reinstated sure more time and they didn't give him parole so okay well he's getting up there in age yeah definitely so that's that's a positive thing yeah yeah yeah, so that's it. Dude, what a freaking story. Yeah. That's wild. I've never heard of that one. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. That's why I did it. Yeah. I don't like doing just normal murder sometimes, but that one was a little different. That one was something extra. Yeah. Something a lot extra. Yeah. I mean, think about it. Killing because you think that you are preventing other people from dying. At that point, why don't you just kill yourself? I know it's awful. But it's like, yeah. why is... Why can't you be the sacrifice? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Don't hurt other people. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Well, what a happy, uplifting time with Hannah and Justin. Good job. And good job. Well, speaking of that, let's just move right into Recommendation Station. Let's do it. Um, Patriot Act. By yes. Hassan Minaj. If you have Netflix. Yeah, sorry. Uh, best show. So good. If you want to stay informed about the world. Yeah, pretty it's good. Really funny, 
and it can be very uplifting. So I like it. Good job. Sorry, I had a yawn real quick. Um, I, uh, I'm going to recommend a Battle for Bikini Bottom Rehydrated. Nice, dude. Yes. Okay, honestly, so uh, this game is garbage, and I absolutely love it. Uh, I pl- Well, I never really played this, but my lovely family, Marcy, James, Danny, shout out, probably not listening, but it's fine. Uh, my cousins used to play this growing up on the Xbox, and I just absolutely loved it. And Justin got it for me for my birthday. And it's so good. And I absolutely love it. I'm really living my childhood. And oh, so good. Yeah. So basically, um, if you're into video games, try it or out. Or SpongeBob. Or SpongeBob. Or... Yeah. Um, yeah, that's my recommendation. Thanks. It's definitely fun. And again, it, I feel like all of your recommendations boil down to like relive something from your childhood that yeah. you enjoyed because like it's really important right now to connect with that part of yourself. So. Yeah, it's really been making me happy. And I um, I have a very addictive personality, which is probably why um, I never was like allowed to play video games growing up. Maybe. Yeah, I think my, my mom and dad knew. But like I am someone where... If I get into something, honestly, hours of my life can pass and mm-hmm. I won't recognize it. Yeah. So whether that be like a book or exercise or a video game, legitimately anything, um, I have a hard time stepping away. Mm-hmm. So I've been going through this game really quickly, but it's been just so much fun. It's been great. Nice. Yeah. And my partner is really wonderful and I appreciate you. Aw. Aw. Great. So that's us. Find us on Facebook. Could do. Anything spooky goes <laughs> podcast. We have a Facebook page. We post photos from the episodes. We post episode updates. We post anything else going on with the show. Sure do. Um, send us any emails that you guys have. If you have episode ideas, send them in to us. Anything spooky goes at gmail.com. Yeah. Currently, all we get is spam uh, and reminders to. Uh, that, like, like confirm our security password. Yeah, basically. Like and it's like, okay, Google, I get it. Thanks. So yeah, if you if a human or a, a robot you program could send us an email, that'd be great. Mm-hmm. That'd be fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, other than that, just same as usual. Yeah. Episodes come out every week, uh, Tuesday at midnight. And um Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Thanks for thanks for being spooky. And um, uh, just be kind. Remember that just because you are the person that you are does not mean that you're better than anybody else and that you shouldn't murder people. Pretty much, yeah. Thanks. Oh. Oh, bye. Bye.